Broadcasting worldwide from the Toad Suck Studio in beautiful central Arkansas. You're listening to Bad Choices in Bourbon. I am your host, Dan Decker, at D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R on Twitter. And my guest this week is one of the more unique folks I have had the pleasure of encountering uh, in my time on Twitter this go-round. Uh, and that is, that's me for sure. Uh, and I think that about sums it up when people see uh, your feed on Twitter uh, what they see is what they get. Isn't that about right? Um, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, welcome I mean, to the um, show. Welcome to the well, show. Thank you for having me. It's been a minute to, uh, to think about getting you on here. We've, we've talked vi- just a little bit about it for a little while. Um, sure. but, uh, there, I believe, uh, when you, when you let it, kn- let it be known that you would be coming, coming over here, there was a lot of interest from folks wanting to, wanting to hear the show. So I'm excited really? that you're here. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. It like to generate quite the buzz. Well, thank you. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, every, all, all you listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, but yeah, just, um, <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, we all know uh, we're here. Uh, we're here because of Star Trek. Let's not be. Let's not put up. Um, <laughs> well, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, yes, because, you know, that connection is just a special one for me. Um, mm-hmm. And no, because I actually got on Twitter. I hadn't been on social media since uh, I think my daughter had passed away like 10, 11 years ago. And uh, I just didn't want to get on. I I used to be a social butterfly, but, mm-hmm. but, right. um, yeah. And then it, it was just like, you know, I just didn't want to talk to people and the whole thing. And then I got into, um, Twitter and I found my little safe corner of Star Trek Trekkies. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just started sharing with them my anecdotes from like working in Hollywood for, oh, 20 something years. Um, now, is that something and, that you still do? You're still actively, uh, I guess, involved in some of that creative process, right? Yeah. I mean, I started at the bottom, like um, not too many people, but some. Um, I didn't know anyone when I came out to Hollywood. I just had like 10 bucks in my pocket and uh, desperation, I guess. <laughs> so when I wasn't working, I had two jobs. I worked um mowing lawns and stuff like that that was really entertaining um and then i was working at pure one imports and uh drew barrymore walks in oh wow and uh my manager was in the back she had no idea who it was she's like can you get that and i'm like sure (laughs) i'll get it and then i you know i was like um this is kind of embarrassing fluffing pillows nobody make jokes um and uh, I went down the, the ladder that I was on and I headed towards the back of the room and there she was. And I ended up selling like $6,000 worth of like patio furniture and stuff. Oh, that's amazing. And, and she, she was just so sweet to me. And she says, something tells me that you don't really belong here. And I was just like, what does that mean? <laughs> and so the next thing I knew, she invited me to... Um, this big party that she had at her home and we just kind of hung out and I got to meet like Anne Hathaway and all these other actors and actresses. I got to dance with Lucy Liu, which was really cool. Oh, that's very cool. Um, and, uh, I was so nervous that I actually got kind of drunk. Um, (laughs) and I ended up in her bathroom, uh, calling my mom on this bathroom phone that she had. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom was like, it's three in the morning, my time, because she's in Miami. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I said, Mom, yeah, I'm at a party. You'll never guess where I am. And she's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And I, I said, I'm at Drew Barrymore's house. And she's like, oh, my God, are you doing drugs? You know? <laughs> I was like, uh, no, Mom, I'm not doing drugs. <laughs> I'm just a little woozy. But, um, yeah, and I met p- people there. And then that started, you know, other connections and such. And then... Um, I got, let's see, I got my first union gig as a production assistant um, in, I was working on Arrested Development, and that was a lot of fun. That was a great show. I went, yeah, and then I jumped ship, I went to uh, Desperate Housewives. Okay. Um, And then 
from there I started working for like this company that does like music videos and stuff. So I did that for a long while. I've traveled pretty much all over except for like Asia. Um, because of the jobs that I've had as a cinematographer and, and now now I'm executive producer on um, this show about witches, but it, it, I guarantee you, it's not like anything you've ever seen before. So it's not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Very cool. So, now is that is that something that is yet to be made available? Is that the is that the situation? Well, we're uh, yeah, no, it's kind of in development right now. Gotcha. Um, we. Uh, when I, I, you know, I had, I hope this is not like bringing people down, but when my daughter had passed away, I started writing this, the story. Mm-hmm. And then my wife was like, um, this would make for a very good TV series. And I'm like, really? And then we just started working on it as a script. And then she knew people at this production company and she pitched it to them and they loved it. Um, and then we were set to speak to uh, Legendary Pictures, which is a good company to be oh, a yeah. part of. Yeah. And um, and then the, you know, this pandemic hit. The pandemic, pandemic. <laughs> and, yeah. So we were kind of, um, you know, put on pause for a moment. But now we're starting to roll once again. So we shall see. We got that show. And then we have another one about a Jewish Cuban American family in Miami. That's a comedy sort of like modern family. All right. Um, All right. What a, what a, what a a combo. Uh, That's a trifecta you hear too often. Jewish Cuban. Uh, Yeah. Not something that that I, uh, that I don't, that, that I, that I'm sure I've ever been familiar with before. Yeah. So, well, that sounds exciting though, that you still, um, that you still got something and that, um, and that, you know, this passion project, uh, I, I, well, I would, I would expect, um, this story that you've, that you've put together, uh, as part of your, you know, I guess it would be your grieving process, um, yeah, that, yeah. that sees kind of this, the, you know, has the potential to see, you know, the light of day and be able to share that story with the world. I, you know, I can only imagine, um, that it's gratifying in some way because uh, I would expect that to to help carry her forward for you, right? Mm-hmm. So very exactly, cool. exactly. And it's a very diverse bunch of characters as well. We have trans women, we have a non-binary character, and I'm not throwing it in because you know just to be hip or whatever. Right. I, you know, that's not. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> You know, well, I'm, I can I'm, say I'm that because L I know. And LGBT, so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I can say that because I know enough about who you are to know that that would that it, you know if you're using those elements, it's because it's natural to the story. Um, yeah. Because that's you know uh, you. Hmm, this is something that you know uh, from from kind of the outside perspective. Um, these you know these aren't tropes to the people who live these lives. Okay. Right. Um, exactly. And what I think a lot of folks don't understand about representation in the modern eye is that you're not seeing. It's like when you buy a new car, you start to see the same kind of car everywhere. When you have a red car, you see more red cars. It right. Right. That that's been that we're being folks are quote overrepresented now. It's that we're getting caught up to how people actually are in real life. Um, yeah, exactly. We, you know, we are not and, and it drives me nuts. Or binary, that... But we, we've allowed ourselves to be slotted into these AB roles. And that's, you yeah. know, that fits some of us. But honestly, apparently my dog thinks a lot of stuff is about to happen. What? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's more a part of life than I think people realize, honestly. Yeah, I mean, for people that live within the rainbow, um, you know, we see it every day because we don't have a problem with it, you know? I mean, we do have a problem when it's, when, you know, our voices are not being represented, um, you know? And I've been lucky, I really have, because like I, you know, I would say like half of the production crew from Desperate Housewives were lesbians. (laughs) So, but like, um, 
yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I always get happy when I hear, you know, there's this type of character, like a trans character or a non-binary character, you know, who doesn't like a good lesbian love scene, you know? Right, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> you know, so we have a lot of those, you know, and basically these movies are made by straight men, so. Right, and that's the, you know, uh, that was one of the things with uh, with the new the new characters in the past season of uh, Star Trek Discovery when um, you know we got uh, uh, Adira and uh, Old Gray, um, right? And, and the I the excitement for me was you know not because it was new and you know in in style to to use those words you know buzzwords like non-binary yeah. and trans. Uh, but because it's, I'm interested in seeing and hearing those stories from the people who have that lived experience. That's, you know, that's the only way it can be authentic. And we, you know, if, if you're still satisfied being told stories that deserve authentic perspective by people who can't even begin to have perspective, right? then you're (laughs) not, you're not seeking well-told stories i don't think exactly you know it's always good i mean i think um most of us trekkies um i think we've been taught through star trek i guess to to be open-minded and you know that's the goal (laughs) right exactly so it always i mean it doesn't even burn me up anymore i mean you you become like you know bulletproof after a while Mm -hmm. um but it's like when I hear these people saying like Star Trek was never about gay people and, you know, and it's like, come on, it, it started when 1966. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it had the one of the first, if not the first interracial kiss on TV. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think that's perspective. I mean, pretty um, not perspective. Sorry. Uh, um, pretty. It's, it's pretty um, forceful with its, you know, it's right. never been subtle. And that's right. Someone, someone the other day tried to make that argument, you know, about the subtlety uh, versus why, why do we know that these people are non-binary or trans? Because why should it affect or or matter to how the story is told or the story that's being told? Because, and they played that whole in the future, they wouldn't care. And I'm like, well, we're watching it in right now and people do care. And that's, you know, the audience for discovery is not 900 years in the future. It's right now. Uh, it's right. Right. And, and, right, and exactly. so that's why it matters because Trek has always tried to show um, representation as, as openly as possible within the confines of the time that it's being used to tell stories. And like you said, we had that with Uhura and Kirk <clears throat> We have that with you know, let that be your less battlefield, and right. Uh, and, and DS9 had that's the uh, you know. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And I mean, you know, talk about one of the uh, I, I mean, Jadzia and the trill trill overall, but Jadzia in particular, right. uh, managed to um, be a subversive subversive identity for trans and non-binary uh, fans, um, and it was it was slept on at the time. That whole, yeah. I know that there are folks out there who are my age or younger uh, or a little bit older even who saw themselves and, and you know, what the future might could be with storytelling uh, sure. through that. Of course, um, yeah. and, now, and now we get to see that, right? We get to right, honor right. that. Exactly. We get to, and have it be authentic. And why, why wouldn't you want that? Like, I don't know. It just, it, it boggles my mind that you wouldn't want to put more oh this doesn't go over terrible more fruit in your fruit salad though you know uh, <laughs> something i love i love fruit salad don't get me wrong i'm just saying why would you want new better more different kinds of of experience to to re- enrich your own we are made better through other people's lives if you allow right, them right. to come into yours and i, I just yeah, i don't know exactly you know preaching to the choir as it were sure i mean feelings are feelings emotions are emotions and you know really the uh, 
the case that you are in spiritually, you know, it, it, it shouldn't really matter on the outside, you know, it should matter more about who you are and what you are on the inside. And I know it sounds corny, but that's the way I feel, you know? Right. Well, and you know, I mean, are you, you know, huh? Yoda said it, um, you know, we, we aren't just this crude matter, you know, right. Uh, our being is so much more than what you see. Uh, yep. and that should, um, and I liken it to, um, you know, I'm allowed to identify myself by my name and I can tell you whatever I, whatever I would like for you to know that my name is, and most people will honor that. And I don't right. understand why that can't be the same with, with the rest of your identity. You know, yeah, exactly. If, if you, if the matter you're made of, I, I, you know, outwardly presents a, a male when you are not, and you tell me yeah. that you're a woman or that you're not either, then I have no reason to question you or deny you that, uh, that, that, because I, every time I've ever told someone, my name is Dan, they're like, cool. <laughs> it needs to be yeah. exactly that. <laughs> Right, right. For every right. part of someone's identity. And yeah. I mean, because that is, that is, um, I, you could just imagine if people didn't have to have to think about what the world, it, it, just let the world accept them, you know? Exactly, or, exactly. How much better we off we could be. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right on. So where, tell me a little bit about growing up as much as you're comfortable with what what caught your attention your imagination not your attention what caught your imagination uh as a wee one was the first thing you really paid attention to um as a what now as a young one a wee one oh you mean to star trek uh no to it to anything what caught your imagination when you were growing up when you were young um star trek (laughs) star trek (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a fair um, answer it is you know yeah i mean it was that in movies like et and raiders of lost ark you know watching those movies in the 80s that really got me out to hollywood Mm -hmm. um you know um and uh yeah i mean that was a great era you know Um, the 80s were the best yeah right (laughs) we we can't and um And I remember seeing reruns of Star Trek and it just, I just loved it so much. And, you know, I loved Spock and uh, I used to, I remember I used to pretend that Captain Kirk was my um, dad. Oh (laughs) my gosh, me too. And I used to have these fantasies (laughs) where it's like, I'd be walking down in my little Lieutenant O'Hara dress, you know, going like, Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? How's your dad? Oh, he's okay. He's up there on the bridge right now. And, you know, (laughs) And these whole elaborate episodes. I can't. But <laughs> you, Star I, Trek, Star Trek, my dad, <laughs> starring I was exactly William Shatner. The same way. Um, I, I had this. I had this whole. Uh, I had this whole idea that um, now I knew Trek was a show, uh, mm. like any TV show. When I was old enough to come up with this scheme, but what I didn't understand was. Um, uh, that it wasn't currently being made because uh, I most I was around a lot of black and white television as a child, and and I didn't know that you know every show was sometimes in black and white. That maybe it was, maybe it oh, wasn't uh, new. I don't know. And so yeah. <clears throat> my plan was to get to Hollywood and become the actor that got to play James Kirk. Cool. Uh, that was going to be me. Uh, and so, but yeah, I had these, I had these elaborate stories where, uh, you know, uh, because of course this would happen, but I was allowed to go on the away missions with dad and, you know, get into the rough and tumble action uh, <laughs> and all of that. And I, I remember being so heartbroken and Star Trek too, when we met David. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. like, Who is this? Pretender to the throne. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, 
You know, I haven't really thought of that. <laughs> I guess he would be my big brother then. I don't know. Yeah, no, huh, no, 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 no. I was not willing from? to accept it. <laughs> I was not yeah. happy with that. I was like, I've even, even, I've almost never been able to let it go to the point that I've done the math. And I'm like, where was he anyway when this was going on? I mean, how old was he? <laughs> what about which five-year mission were we on? <laughs> You're right. I was very upset. Yeah. <laughs> So Star Trek, uh, now I guess that means the original series, right? Uh, yeah, at the time, um, I think it was still a few years away from Next Gen, mm -hmm. you know? And then when Next Gen hit, I was just like, okay, the uniforms look like the rain pajamas, okay? <laughs> and, um, you know, they look like they have the little sailor suit, you know, with little flaps mm -hmm. in the back that just kind of... Mm -hmm. Um, but, but what now? <laughs> the scant, uh, the yeah, uh, right, S K N T yeah. the scant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and then I guess, I think I got involved with next gen once the Borg started kicking in the Borg okay. stories. Mm -hmm. And, uh, also my friend, um, said to me, she's like, I want you to meet the guy that I'm dating. And I'm like, Oh, cool. And she's like, um, he's an actor, and this is back when I lived in Miami. Um, and I said, okay. Uh, and she's like, you want to meet him? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we went to this bar. I went with another friend of mine who was a photographer at the time. And uh, my friend Diana was actually the head of Ford Modeling in Miami, Florida, South Beach. Oh, wow. And so, you know, she was always meeting celebrities and blah, blah, blah. And so I went to the bar and as I got closer, you know, I, who, I mean, the guy is what, like six foot four or something, yeah, six foot three. Right. I don't know. And he just turns around and I'm like, oh, I know who you are. And he started laughing <laughs> and it was Michael Dorn. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. The and then, you and know, only Lieutenant Worf. Right. Commander right. Worf, and so we just kind of hung out and then he likes to play god i can't remember if it was like the bass or keyboards or something um and uh, he would always fly there too on in his I, i'm sure i'm saying the wrong number here but like the p-37 mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah, old yeah his, kind of his old plane right 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 and um so you know we would hang out from time to time i would never geek out with him or anything <laughs> And I think it was like 2017 or 2018 Star Trek Las Vegas. I promised my best friend that I would take him to, you know, to his first Star Trek convention. I thought, well, Vegas would be a good one for him to start with. Um, and so, you know, I took him there with my wife. And it was funny because my kids were just, I think they were just like two months old, you know, an insane trip from L.A. to Vegas in a van. Oh, wow. Many hours and many, many pit stops, but we got there. Um, and so, yeah, he was signing autographs and I just kind of bumped him. And at first it took him a while to figure out who I was because, you know, <laughs> times change, we get taller. Um, and so uh, he turns around and he goes, hey, you know, insert fake name here, Dats. Um, <laughs> right. he was like, hey, hey, dad's here. I'm like, hey, Mike, what's up? And we hung out for a while. And then my wife, my wife wanted him to do like a VO stuff for her, for her mm -hmm. game or a mm -hmm. game that she was involved with. And so, um, yeah, he's like, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah he, and uh... so, he has a quite an extensive voiceover career, as you would imagine someone with that voice would have uh, a lot of opportunity to work uh, if they wanted, um, because, you know, it's, it's good for it's good for lots of things, but just a uh, nice, calm narration uh, or uh, I think he was um, a whole lot of Trek alum were in Gargoyles. Uh, and I think he had oh, right, right. in that, too. So, yeah. And he's done tons I, of video games, too. We talked about that because that's my other side gig is video game voiceover stuff and whatever. Very cool. Um, and, um, you know, he was like shocked that it was such a small community, you know, and I was just like, yeah, it, it was hard for me to break in, you know, but once you do and you just keep those jobs coming, then, you know, you'll be fine. Getting into voiceover but, work. 
excuse me is that or is it, are you talking about how uh, how about getting into voiceover work yeah yeah exactly oh, very cool yeah yeah uh, i've often thought about it i don't know uh i don't know if i'd be good at it though <laughs> um yeah give it a try put a demo together yeah just uh read some read some uh uh, what is that uh, public uh, public domain material and and put together sure. some some stuff? You bet. Um, yeah, well, I mean, was, you're uh, tech, you know how to do that. You can put that on your website. It's true. I do. You know, you're I right. Just take people there, direct them there. You know, say I do this, I do voiceover, and if you like what you hear, you know, you can Ooh. contact. I definitely uh, take money from people <laughs> for stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's a cool so, story. So, uh, did you do you um, you have any other uh, uh, connections like that? Uh, you know, run into so and so stories where it just turns out that you know your friend's date happens to be Michael Dorn. Um, you know, when you live in LA for just you know like twenty something years, um, yeah, you you meet tons of people and stuff. You know, um, when I was. I think I was doing uh, some more production assistant work and I think it was, it was a show called threshold and uh, uh, what's his name? Oh my God. I'm drawing a blank data. Brent Spiner. Oh, uh, there Brent you Spiner, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was just like, uh, this, I mean, it's funny because they're like, okay, go to wardrobe. You're going to be a uh, department of defense whatever you know officer you know so there i go and then the scene that i'm in it was a pilot um you i think i opened the door for him or something and i didn't have the the chutzpah to ask you know or talk to him <laughs> um and then as we finished filming i kind of <laughs> i started running towards him you know just because i he was like way ahead of me and i wanted to catch him before he got in his car because i wasn't about to go like mr spiner <laughs> you know <laughs> hi <laughs> you know so um so yeah i went up to him and uh, by that time uh, he hadn't noticed me or maybe he did and he sped off but um, anyway, so yeah, that was my, <laughs> brush my with only greatness. brush with him. Yeah, That's but great. I did another movie. Um, I think I was doing camera work on that. And um, it was with Armin Shimmerman. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was called, gosh, I think it was called Seeking Mrs. Claus or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so he was just like... Um, he was just hanging out in the back and I, I just said, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. Don't worry. I won't bother you. And he grabbed my hand and he said, honey, uh, who are you? What do you do here? <laughs> and I said, I'm just a peon. So, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you're not a peon. <laughs> um, and we kind of piled up like every time we'd eat lunch, we'd eat lunch with each other, oh, very you nice. know, and, and, uh, I was in charge of all the little people on set. Mm -hmm. um, and so like I was sitting at their table and he'd come over and he, he was like, hey, well, at least I'm not the shortest one anymore, you know? <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I think at the time his wife had either just been diagnosed with cancer or I don't know, whatever. And so he was just, we were talking about that because my dad died of cancer as well when mm -hmm. I was in my early twenties. And so, uh, we made, we sort of made that connection and, uh, just a sweet, sweet guy. You know, he talked to me about like his experience on DS9. Um, I mean, he told me things like, uh, that the Ferengi really weren't like thought as, you know, being part of the actual crew or something to that effect. Uh-huh. Oh, and wow. yeah, and that really like all the Ferengi used to eat at the same table. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. Oh. Yeah. And then he told me that um oh, help me out here, Dan, because I'm a little nervous. Um what's his name? Cisco uh oh, uh, Avery, oh Brooks. Avery Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. He said he would never eat with them. 
and I was just shocked. I was just like, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, a, uh, but he's a very he's a very method actor though. So he yeah. may have had he may have had uh, professional reasons for that choice. Right, right, right. Seems and a little I get strange. that. I get that yeah. totally. Yeah. But that um, was, and I don't uh, want to burst the bubble. Uh, Whoever uh -huh. likes Cisco, sorry guys. I, I love him too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I'd heard that, and uh, you you answered the question before I could even ask that uh, that Armin is just one of the nicest people, uh, and um, is is very uh, engaging with the fans. So it's it's nice to hear a personal anecdote that bears that out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because every time yeah, I've I, ever seen, uh, had a chance to see, you know, anything that he's done, he's uh, it, when it when it comes to um, chatting with the fans, it's always just been, uh, you know, yeah. top notch for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, again, I I don't want anyone to think that I'm knocking him down or anything. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened because I wasn't there, but this is what I was told. And like you said, maybe he just needed time to digest his lines and stuff yeah absolutely absolutely well um i got a i got a couple of questions just kind of sitting in the back of my mind here sure uh what out of all the things you okay so so i've gathered you've had multiple or you have taken on multiple uh roles over your time in, as mm -hmm. a producer or in production uh on these Probably kinds of things so stepping what, up stepping up <laughs> yeah what is your so what is your favorite role to have played in filmmaking or tv production um i i love you know we we have this um word that we call each you know it's like so-and-so is part of my set family and so-and-so right. is part of my set, you know? Um, and I think that, um, you know, when you're starting up, you get crapped on a lot, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, you know, when I, when I employ or when, when I'm working with like PAs starting off, you know, I try to pal up to them too, because I mean, they're one of the hardest working people that you'll ever find, right. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, PAs are not considered part of any uh, union, which I think is a big mistake. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, at least I don't, I don't think they are now. I don't know. <laughs> I'll it's have to check, but I don't think yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, and, um, as far as a, you were asking me about the role, like which one do I prefer or like? Is that what it was? I'm oh, well, sorry. Yeah, what's your yeah, what's your favorite? So you know, you've been a production assistant. I haven't had my coffee. Cinematographer, um, those sorts of things. So what? What? When yeah, I would to say making... probably the cinematographer. I can imagine. You know, yeah. especially working with all these bands and stuff like that. I, and plus I've gotten to work with you know you have directors like the G, you know, yeah. and of other directors like. Peter Bogdanovich, which are on the other side of that spectrum. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I prefer Mech G over <laughs> Peter. More my speed, too, probably. Um, yeah, uh, he's old, he, he he's old Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, he's old Hollywood. I walked up to him to say hi and introduce myself, and he completely ignored me. Um, and that's okay, you know? <laughs> um, it doesn't really bother me because I'm made of steel, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was funny. We were working on a on a, on a music video for uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, he's from Florida. Blonde hair died a few years ago. Oh, great. oh my god. Anyway, well, they were hanging out. Him and the lead singer of this band. And uh, they took a little break, quote unquote, to the restroom. <laughs> they did the, they did the little bit of marijuana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they then they marijuana. came back. Yeah, and uh, the lead vocalist of this band had his glasses on upside down, which was not intended. And so I went up to <laughs> you know to talk to Mr. Bogdanovic, and he was just like, "Don't talk to me." don't talk to me. You talk to my director of photography. Oh my Who are you again? I'm like, oh I'm the cinematographer. He's like, yeah, don't talk to me. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> Duly you noted. Thumb 
Yeah, if you want to film this guy with his glasses on upside down, go for it, dude. <laughs> you know. It wasn't Tom Petty, was it? It was. Ah, I love that. I love it. Yeah, oh, it was. Yeah. I love Tom Petty. It was for that documentary. Uh, I think it was the last documentary they made, made with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, he was, uh, yeah. I, I had the good fortune of, um, <clears throat> he, uh, they came to Little Rock, uh, it's, I, how many years ago now, but it's, it's within, you know, within the last 10 years probably. And, uh, someone I'd always wanted to see and, you know, but not going to go, man, I got to go see Tom Petty, <laughs> right, uh, right. but you know, Tom Petty showed up 30 minutes from the house. I'll go see Tom Petty. Uh, and I'm very glad to have had the experience because um, he, you know, turns out there's a lot of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers or Tom Petty and or the Wallflowers or whoever it might be mm-hmm. um, that he was a part of. That music ends up being, you know, uh, uh, folks from our generation. That's that's a lot of soundtrack for us. Um, yeah. And uh, to having uh, being, being able to and, you know, I got to go to that show with my wife and we have that experience. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. And I, it just it's one of those times that like. You know, when I hear the songs, I start getting a good groove going, and then I remember that he's passed, and it's kind of like it stings a little still, you know? Um, yeah. Same with, like, Chris yeah, Cornell and uh, a couple of the others who are just not here anymore, and yeah. it uh, kind of kicks you in the pants when you realize you're, you know, they're they're gone. And uh, But, yeah, yeah. Tom well, Petty, that's a no, great story. That's very Tom Petty. We're getting older, <laughs> and our heroes are, too, you know? Yeah, like, no, it unfortunately, really none of us when... are invincible. Yeah, and it, you know... Uh, I mean, it was an experience, you know, yeah. and it wasn't necessarily yeah. a bad one. You yeah. know, I'm, sometimes directors have a bad day, you know, yeah. so, but um, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun uh, filming them and just hearing the music up front. Uh, wow, I can imagine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I got to talk with a keyboard player who I can't remember his name either, but whatever. Um, keyboard players are and, like, they're like second bass players. They're always over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, we were comparing notes because I play keyboards as well. So he was just like, um, you know, teach me a few things. So that was fun. Um, yeah. So, so out of all of that, um, what, what is the, what's the project you've worked on that you've had the, the most fun at? Hmm. I think working on arrested development. Yeah. Just that, yeah. uh, that seems like a fun group of actors to be involved with. Oh, yeah. And they were always pulling jokes on each other, including oh, me. I, right. You know? Imagine, yeah. Yeah. It was funny because we were filming the episode where um, where they go to Mexico to look for mm-hmm. dad, you know. <laughs> and so they were just like, uh, you know, we were filming out in this extremely hot area called Santa Clarita, um, which is only a few miles away from L.A. And um, they have this like set. It looks like something out of Mexico. So of course that's where we shot. And they said to me, okay, can you go over to the so-and-so room and let them know that they're gonna be on and whatever. And I saw these guys walk out, you know, I thought there were extras, right? They were giving me their back. And I'm like, excuse me, are you supposed to be out here? And they just kept walking. And I was just like, excuse me. And so I got really frustrated and I ran over there and I tapped him on the shoulder. I turned him around and it's, it's Jason. Oh, of <laughs> Bateman, course. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else, and the, the other actors, you know, and, uh, and they were just cracking up because I, I, I usually don't get angry about anything, you know, at least not, you know, you were worked up. anything that people can see. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was starting to get like, wow, these fucking extras are so like ballsy. <laughs> They're on the list now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, everybody started <laughs> laughing and, you know, and um, as far as like other things, philanthropy, I guess. See, this is what happens when I don't drink coffee. <laughs> the words don't work. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, it is five thirty a.m. right now, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no, we're just yeah, we are. <laughs> it's so early in the morning. Um, so that uh, Arrested Development, man, that show. 
was, I don't understand how a show that was so well received and uh, so well regarded by almost everyone struggled to stay on the air. Uh, but other than the fact that it was Fox and that's like, that seems yeah. to be what they excel at. Uh, is yeah. But also I think it was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that style of comedy really wasn't on TV. You might find it like on shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm, but that's HBO, you know, right. Um, right. Or was HBO. Appeal, um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think that, uh, sorry, somebody just sent me a message in the middle of this. <laughs> I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on, I'm recording. Um, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Please edit I was, this. <laughs> I was just going to say that, uh, you know, that show, you were saying how it's, you know, ahead of its time. and. Oh, right, um, right, right. So, yeah. you know, it would have been, I think, much better as a show on HBO or Showtime or one of those um where you didn't have to have like people trying to control what you say mm-hmm. and the comedy that's a little dirtier than most um, because it won like a very a very high acclaim uh, you know a quite a prestigious award and then was canceled <laughs> yeah it's, yeah i mean you everyone i mean my wife and i we watched that uh we enjoyed that show together and we we neither one of us could quite understand the whole story behind you know how could you and i think we're both suckers for jason bateman for you know uh, more than anything but still um it was it was mind-boggling uh to have it to have yeah. it turn out that way like you said it was fox you know yeah, and right. also like i remember working on the lot you know and the executives walking in kind of looking at the you know, the rehearsals to make sure that we weren't offending too many people and the whole thing. And, you know, the writers would just like roll their eyes, you know, kind of make all these hand signals when they weren't looking, you know. And all, uh, these, uh, all of that for, you know, where we are today when uh, it's really, um, that would really not be, you know, pushing the envelope quite so much. You know, I think that's Yeah, now it's not such a big deal has been well received too. And, you know, in it's, in it's post. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Well, just a couple more things before we tie up, uh, tie up the loose ends here. Uh, I want to know, uh, what, what's your favorite Trek series and episode oh and movie? <sighs> I'll put you on the spot. Whichever one's well, easy. You don't have to answer in that order, whichever's be... yeah. First Contact, I think, was Your the favorite? movie that. Um, oh, it could be like any of them from like Next Gen or any. Yeah, whichever, like, whichever oh. uh, Trek movie. Is I don't know. Favorite. I think I mean you know, growing up again in the eighties, um, Wrath of Khan. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. Film. Yeah, that is a great. But film. I do love First Contact. Such um, a good movie. That's a well. So yeah, you know, if you want to break it into to best uh best tos and best tng era film first contact <laughs> is winner hands down uh first yeah. contact lives in my top three um usually yeah. with uh, the motion picture and star trek beyond uh those those right, are right. right there at the top so but wrath of khan um i was like seven when that movie came out the theaters so that was a big year uh, we got E.T., we got the Wrath of Khan, uh, uh. you know, the year before, I think it was, we had Firestarter. Uh, and so, you know, big year, oh, for right, movies, right. Uh, big year for movies in 1982. Yeah. And, uh, and then so, as, as far as like TV shows. Yeah. Um, well, I like TOS because that, that's the one that really got me involved in like the whole Star Trek thing. And, right. Um, and then. And I know a lot of people hate it, and I I get why. I mean, when you look at it, it's so freaking dated, <laughs> you know. It is one of those. But I mean, things it is it is the one that have. started it all. If we didn't right. have that one, we wouldn't have the others, you know. Right. But um, um, yeah. So there's that, and then the s- second one would probably be Next Gen for me. And then, you know, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, DS9," and and I agree. I like that one too, but. Um, and especially the Jetzia scenes <laughs> because right. she's so beautiful. Um, but um, I don't think I really appreciated DS9 back then. Um, 
I started rewatching it because of Armin, you know, mm -hmm. and meeting him and working with him and stuff. And, uh, and it just sort of grew on me, you know, and now I understand, like, it was so ahead of its time, you know, as far as the way that the complexity of the stories and the, uh, the characters and how they interrelated with each other and stuff. Right. So, and it's, um, you know, it really is this gym that sits out there. Uh, DS9 could live uh, completely disconnected from Star Trek as a franchise and still be every bit the story that it is. Uh, you know, uh, um, I think Trek was just the the wrapper that they put around it to be able to get to 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 get it to market more than anything right. uh, because, you know, it's only, it's only Trek and name uh, in a lot of ways. And, and it, and that's not to discredit it from being the best Star Trek. In my opinion, it is uh, just saying that the, the way that story is told and the way those characters grow doesn't need Star Trek to tell that story. I am right. I mean, it, it is a place. Star Trek story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You know, and I, I also get, you know, when people say, oh, it's so convoluted or there's so, too much, you know, you know, hate or whatever embedded in some of the episodes. And I mean, really, it was just like you said, they, they needed a platform to tell this amazing story. I mean, like Garrett, Garrett kind of grew on me, too. You know, as a character, it's like, and plus, you know, that actor is so, that actor is so talented. Um, yes. It's just amazing, you know? Yes. Oh, uh, well. You know, I, this is my least favorite part of doing doing this is when it comes time to have to, to bring things uh, to a close. Uh, but as it is, you know, we both have uh, things to get to about the rest of our day. But I would yes. like to give you this uh, little bit of space here just to say anything that might be out there that you want to um, want to let folks know either uh, causes that you support or interests that that we need to be aware of uh, or horns you want to toot. Sure. Now's your chance. Um, well, my as you know, like I mentioned, my my daughter passed away and on tw in 2013. She had mitochondrial disease. And um, there are several nonprofits that need your money <laughs> uh, to sustain them and to help other families like they helped us out. Okay. Um, there's a United Mitochondrial uh, Disease Foundation, UMDF. And uh, I think it's called Mito Corp or something like that. The second one, I'm not sure. So if you have a few bucks, I know that, you know, we're all tight, including me. <laughs> You know, but if you have like a dollar or two or whatever, contact these people on their website and let them know that you'd love to put in a little something to help out because absolutely, people have no idea that the nightmare that, you know, uh, our uh, medical system is just so messed up. And, um, you know, parents like me, we had to fight every day to get help, you know. Right, right. And so there's that. Um, and also I'd like to say to, you know, people that follow me, I hate saying follow because it makes me feel like an egomaniac. <laughs> oh, I know, um, right. My, my crew members. Um, That's right. The crew on Twitter. Um, yeah, I just, um, they have really helped me. And my sanity. I will second that. I definitely will second that. Um, and so many lovely people out there. Um, sorry. No, do not <laughs> it's apologize. That time of month, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need a reason to cry on this show. Crying is its own reason. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and I, I see all these wonderful people also fighting for people like us within the rainbow, you know, that, the LGBTQI and X or whatever. <laughs> and it's it. like, um, that means a lot to us, you know, and um, just amazing people, just amazing people. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies, not at all. And I, I, like I said, I will echo those sentiments uh, to uh, your mutuals and my mutuals and all the mutuals. Um, uh, that environment uh, is more positive than not, and it yeah. is key to 
uh, it's key to, I think these relationships, um, if anything came out of this past year, these relationships that we're, that we stumbled into because we needed something and we didn't know it was each other. Uh, I cherish those and it's, you know, I can tell that you do too. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things I wanted to make sure to, to mention, uh, because you are not ashamed nor, uh, um, nor should you be, and, and you are not, you don't feel guilt over it, I hope. But when you take your breaks and you just let people know, Hey, look, I got to go fam it up for a couple of days. I love you all. Oh, right. Uh, Fam, (laughs) fam needs me now. And, and then, you know, but you, 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 you do pop in and say, you know, you, you groundhog and say, Hey, I'm still, still here, but still chilling. (laughs) And, and I love that because you, you recognize, and it's important for us all to recognize that, you know, spending too much time, even in a place like that, that we consider to be positive, um, to the detriment of, of others around us, you, you have to balance that out. And, um, so, you know, use that example, everyone take that time for yourself and, uh, and give yourself the space to enjoy who you are. And especially now that things are starting to ease a little bit, don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, but things are starting to ease a little bit. Um, you know, give yourself that space to, to remember the real world too. Uh, but I really, uh, appreciate you, uh, that's for coming on the show today. Um, I well, can't thank, thank you, you for enough. putting up with me. <laughs> oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, this will not be a one-off. We'll definitely follow up on our conversation at some point. Let's in do the this. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, but I want to say thank you again for, for your time and attention and, uh, best of luck to you and all the things that you're doing. We'll get links to the, the foundations that you mentioned so that we have that stuff in the show notes and folks can follow along uh, and support uh, the efforts to uh, combat and support those who are combating uh, this mitochondrial disease. Um, and so thank you. With that, oh, absolutely. We're going to make sure we can, you know, if we got a word we can help with, we're going to help with it. Um, and I want to thank you, dear listeners, uh, for giving us your ears this week. Thank you so uh, much for lending them over. And hopefully thank you we'll for putting up with my, uh, neurosis before we got on. Ah, see, no worries. Uh, but you, if you want to support the show, all you got to do is share it or leave a review on your catcher of choice. Let your friends know that you enjoyed the show, share your favorite episodes with them. Uh, but also if you have a few dollars, uh, left over, you can share them with me via Patreon at patreon.com slash D A N D E C K R. Where as little as $3 a month, will get you early access to this show and all future shows. Uh, but no worries because this uh, show will be available forever and free on Thursdays ad free on Thursdays to the world wide web and uh, we again appreciate you being here with us thank you for your ears and closing in from the uh, Toadsuck Studio in Conway Arkansas we say good night good night yeah hooray I did it without like fainting (laughs) (laughs)